0: Hey sisters, you're listening to the Blessed Brokenness Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal. While you're here, my goal is to fill you with truth, give you hope, and encourage every single one of you to help you realize that no matter what you've walked through in this life, that does not define you. I want to help you understand that you're not just broken, but you are holy because you've been made holy. I hope to inspire you to walk the journey back to who you were created to be, allowing you to be healed of everything that has made you feel broken. So come on, sister, let's get you back to that real amazing woman and shut down the lies that have made you feel less than. Hey, my beautiful sisters, I am so happy that you're joining me here today. In today's episode of the Blessed Brokenness Podcast, we're diving in to the series, From Brokenness into Freedom. And today, I have a beautiful, sweet guest with me. She shares her story of walking from brokenness to walking her journey into freedom. And it's such a beautiful, beautiful story. And I am sure that you're going to find so much encouragement, so much hope and so much life within it. Thank you for joining, and take a listen. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Blessed Brokenness Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal, and my mission here is to bring truth, light, and encouragement to as many women as possible, helping them to realize who they are and allow them to tell their story while leaving them ridiculously hopeful for tomorrow. You guys, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Brokenness to Freedom. And today I have with me my lovely friend, Miss Deborah Dorsey. Deborah and I met online. I have not met her in person. She is such a sweet soul. Um, we met online, and she actually lives in California, while I live over here on the East Coast in South Carolina. So, um, Deborah, I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself really quick and tell the audience a little bit about you. Okay.
1: Let's see. I'm 65. I am a grandmother of 12 and a great-grandmother of 5. Wow. So I have four grown children and I love to pray. I love uh, to search out people to pray for, I guess you could say, I love to write, I love the Lord, I love to serve the Lord, and whenever there's an opportunity to serve, I'm all about it, I love that,
0: so, um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, before we dive in, you guys, as you know, if you've listened to my podcast before, I love to hand the podcast back over to the Lord because this is all His. So, and I'm going to invite Holy Spirit in to to nudge us, to guide our tongue, to guide our words, and to basically open it up so that women listening in can find that freedom that we have, can understand that freedom that we have. So. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this wonderful day. Thank you for the beautiful woman on the other side of the screen with me, Miss Deborah, and thank you for our stories. Even though we didn't know that these stories at the time were gonna be turned into something good, we thank you for them. They make up who we are. And Lord, I ask that, hold on, let me back up just a second. Holy Spirit, I invite you in to join us in this conversation open our hearts, open our minds, and open the hearts, minds, and ears of every woman listening in. Guys, too. I see that there's some guys listening in sometimes. So open the hearts and eyes and minds of the men listening as well. Father, help us to understand and and know and truly realize that we have this freedom that is already ours, that has been gifted to us, and we don't have to do anything special to, to try to perform and and make it happen that it's already there and we just need to step into it. So Father, thank you so much for the opportunity that we, get, we were presented with today. And I just ask that you just bless this. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Okay, so you guys, Deborah has an amazing story and I can't wait to, to dig in with her and hear it. She gave me a little bit of a glimpse before we got started, but um, I'm gonna turn it over to her and ask her to share you know, about a time where she felt broken to helping us to realize that freedom that we have that we can walk into from brokenness to freedom. So Deborah, take over and, and just fill us in. We're, we're right into here. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you.
1: So um, I want to start with, um, I was molested at eight. And um, I was then marked for continual abuse. I was abused all my life by family, by ministers, by um, my husband, ex-husband, and I just could not find my way above it. So I was always, I always felt like I was treated unfairly, like I was picked on, uh, isolated, um, left out, um, belittled, all of those things. And I began to feel like I was two people, because I would uh, react a certain way to these people, but I would be different Over here by these people and um, I was born in May which is Gemini and two means twin and I always felt like I was two and that God didn't love me because of all the abuse that he let my family my friends my church my ex-husband all those people he let them abuse me, and I had a really hard time with that and figuring out how I could walk this life out. Um, you know that I did drugs. Alcohol wasn't as much my choice as drugs, but it causes so many um, issues for me as far as moving forward in what God really wanted. But let me tell you the plus. The plus is I was raised in a Christian home. I accepted the Lord not only uh, when I was eight and the abuse started, but I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And I realized years, years, years later that that was what kept me. In the middle of drug stupors, I would remember all the songs I sang as a child. I would uh, hear uh, the verses that we memorized as children and the Lord began to call me back to himself, and honestly, I was in such a pit, my children had to rescue me, my grown children had to come and rescue me, and I started my new life with three sets of clothes, a couple of pairs of shoes, and nothing I owned, not even a car. I still own nothing but I'm the richest woman in the world. And I'm gonna tell you why. Because in this time of uh, reconciliation between me and my God, I spent months weeping and crying before the Lord because of shame. I was so ashamed at the degradation, I the deepness of where I he found me. Um, you can't take as many drugs as I took and have high blood pressure and not stroke out. It's impossible. But he called me, he drew me, and he cleansed me as I weep and cried before him those months. Every time I would go to the house of God, I would weep. I felt so dirty and so ashamed. But he began to heal me. First, he healed the fact that I'm not two people. I am one in him with his three in me.
0: Father, yes. Son,
1: and Holy Spirit. <laughs> so he began to take me through this journey where I could be whole. The second thing he began to heal in me was a spirit of fear. Now we know that Second Timothy 1.7 says, I did not give you a spirit of fear, but of love and power and of a sound mind or self-control. When Mm -hmm. I realized that, and it became a lifeline for me, I'm like, I have power? You gave me power? I'm like, what does power mean? What does that mean in my life? It means that I can turn from this brokenness now and I can walk in the strength of God Isn't because that amazing? I no longer have to fear. And so he began to teach me what that was like and it was a struggle to not be afraid. There were times that in my life where I was so afraid I wouldn't come out of my house. I wouldn't talk on the phone. I was afraid of everything for a season but God took all that which now you can hardly quiet me down (laughs) (laughs) but he took all of that and he said he gave me power and then he said I have a sound mind and when fear controls you you have no self-control and you don't have a sound mind So I'm like, Jesus, how do I now change all this that I can walk in your power, in your ability, in your strength, in what it is that you have? And he began to deal with me in those areas of fear little by little as I was able to release them to him. And every time there was this baby miracle in my life, he blew it up to where it was massive. And I'm like, Jesus, you did this for me. So my next biggest struggle was believing that he really loved me. Why? Would he let all of these things happen to me if he loved me, if he truly loved me? Why would he let my dad abandon us and we had no food? Why would he let um, all of this abuse continue on and on? I didn't know what to think about all that. And somebody shared with me that the Lord gave her a vision of him standing right beside her, and he was weeping. I don't know about you, but even today, that so stirs my heart that my Jesus cared enough about me He suffered the same thing because even though he didn't suffer at the hands of my family or my perpetrators, he took it all when he hung on the cross. He felt my abuse. He felt my pain. He felt my rejection. He felt my abandonment. All those things that I went through, he did too. He took them on himself. And his next goal for me was to prove to me that he loved me. So he put me in Psalms 139, verses 1 through 18, and it's a must read for you. It's too long to read right now, but please put the passion translation on your phone and read that. God will touch your heart. So not only did he give that scripture to me, he would not let me move to another scripture. He (laughs) kept me in that scripture. I don't even know how long. It had to be six months to a year. Maybe I'm a slow learner. I don't know. (laughs) He wanted me to get it to where I would never question again. I accepted the Lord and went back and accepted the Lord wishy-washy back and forth, which I know when we grow up in the church, we struggle with that. God just seems like, he's always there like he isn't really your anchor until you live in the devastation that some of us have been through and when he becomes your anchor so when he finally let me move from there he just poured out his love upon me everything I saw everything I heard had love written all over it, as the nature, the birds, everything I would hear would bring a smile to my face, a smell, the smell of sage, the smell of pine trees in the summer. I would be like, Jesus, that's you. That's a smell of you. I got to tell you this funny thing. I walked by some guy at church, and he gave me a hug, and he's like, You smell like the Holy Spirit. (laughs) That just blew me away. Because I say that to the Lord. I want to smell like the Holy Spirit. Because we have a fragrance. Yes. We bring a sweet smelling fragrance as we worship the Lord in our everyday life. And he is so there. I always thought he was so far away that he didn't really care anyway what I did. But so untrue. That's a lie. That's a lie of the enemy for you to think or believe that he doesn't care. He so cares. The Bible says God so loved us that he gave his only son. I don't know about you, but when I think about my family, I am a family girl. And when I think about my family, I'm like, Lord, I don't know if I could give them up like you did. That would be so hard for me. But that's what he did. And the realization and the revelation of that spurs me on when Isaiah said in the book of Isaiah I tried not to talk about the Lord but it was a burning in my soul I can attest to that the Lord has transformed this backward uncoordinated whatever girl into this I'll tell you right now I'm a dynamo and why not because of me Oh, because that Holy Spirit in me, that Jesus in me, that Father God in me says, do it, Deb. Do it. You can do it. So I do And it's all for his glory. Whatever I can do for him. There have been a few times I was shy and shied away. And Lord, I'll, I'll make a fool of myself. And he told me, I made a fool of myself. Yes. Yes, you did. Okay. So I didn't do something he asked me to do, but I repented. And I said, Lord, I will never do that again if you will use me. And he said, okay. (laughs) He's so forgiving. Okay. (laughs) And he does. He does. He puts me in precarious situations you don't even know. I have nothing. I don't have a home. I don't live with my kids. I work for people so I can live in their home and eat their food. I take care of them. I do their laundry. The Lord told me, you're a live-in missionary. I was like, okay. (laughs) Wherever He sends me, I go. Wherever He leads me, I say, okay. Sometimes it's hard because when people move away or you know the guy you take care of now is 90 he isn't doing too good and i'm like okay god what's next what's the plan next trust me he says trust me so i live this trust me life (laughs) and sometimes it's hard because you know the old worry wants to come and the fretting but mm -mm. I can't go there because it keeps me from doing what God's called me to do. And that's to serve, to love, to bless, to give whatever he asks of me. I'm going to do it even to, the, to my hurt, it says sometimes that we do things even to our hurt because he's worth it. He's worth it. He gave so much more than I ever went through and that's my glorious testimony
0: (laughs) beautiful it's really beautiful um as you were talking i was jotting down some notes just to kind of like go back and you know touch a few things when you mentioned um that he gave you that scripture of psalm 139 18 no i'm sorry 139 1 through 18. uh, you said it was like he kept you in that scripture and it's yeah. so interesting, um, you guys, whenever, and sometimes it's not scripture, sometimes it's words, like he's speaking a word to us. And it's like he's trying to get us to, to understand, because whenever he brings it to us the first time, we don't always have revelation to understand it. We don't always have the mindset just yet to understand what he's trying to teach us or what he's trying to show us. But as we meditate on that, as we constantly revisit it, as we constantly poured into our daily life it opens up more and more and more like each time you think about it each time you you say it or you repeat it or whatever it's just like it comes alive again and it opens up again and uh, so if you have anything on your heart ladies um, that you keep hearing like this word or this maybe a scripture for you God is speaking to you he's trying to tell you something Yes. He wants you to come to him so that he can come in and, and care for you and comfort you and love on you and, and show you who he is. He wants, to, he wants us to know who he is. And um, I find that... I'm going to have to go back and read that scripture because I don't know that one. And there's plenty that I don't know. But I'm, <laughs> I've got to read that one and see what it says. I'm excited. <laughs> um, so that was really beautiful. And then you described... Someone had said, um, after you felt, or you felt like God didn't love you. And and so many people feel that way. So many of us women feel that way whenever we're, we're feeling broken and we're going through this hard thing and we don't even know how we're going to get out of it. And we just keep going in this cycle of trying to get out but going back, trying to get out but going back. And so you said, when someone had given you, or somebody said that they saw a vision, right? Of, <laughs> Was just standing right there. That's not the first time I've heard that. I've heard quite a few people say that, you know, God was sent. Jesus was standing right there in the room with you, just weeping, weeping and crying. Like, y'all, He loves us so much that He takes on our pain.
1: Yeah.
0: And I can't relate to a lot of things that women go through, but we have all these stories that we can lift each other up with them. What Miss Deborah has walked through, she can speak to and minister to the women that are walking in her shoes. You guys, you don't have to be in this alone. Like and I the journeys that we walked through, sure they were hard and they weren't good and they were kind of evil, but God turned them around for good. And so she gets to bring you guys that have walked in her shoes, or make sure I didn't say that backwards. <laughs> She gets to bring you guys to the valley, mm-hmm. and she wants to bring you guys to the valley. I want to bring you guys to the valley. Like we're all supposed to like turn around and bring another woman through, right? Yes. Yes. And so, um, what was a turning point for you when you know after you were doing drugs and you were in that season of life, just feeling so broken? Like, what was was something that happened? Like, what was something that, you know, just kind of like was a turning point for you to stop? I'm not sure if you had to go to rehab or if it was instant, or what did that look like?
1: Well, um, so I hit a depression. I was actually in bed for two years and didn't, I wasn't functioning at all. I would go days and days I don't even know how long with no shower no I was just out of it and uh, my daughter would call and say mom they're having this uh, ladies thing at church and I want you to come with me will you come and I would go and spend a few days with her and I would start feeling better and feeling hopeful and like wow this is this is so good it felt so good you know and then I would go back to where I was and I would be back in that depression, and, and that was after, um, after two years, then um, I was going to go and uh, go to a woman's thing at my daughter's church, and she, her husband worked in the same town where I was living, and he came to pick me up, and on the way home, he said, Grandma, we can't let you go back here anymore. We want you to come and stay with us. And I think that was the first time I can remember feeling wanted. I always felt like I was a mistake. Uh, My brother called me Dumbo. I was, I just, yeah. But, and then hanging on to that and not going back and then moving forward as I talked about was the initial turnaround for me.
0: That's amazing. And it's interesting how you said, you know, the depression, that, that isolation that you mentioned early on, that isolation, because when you, you said you went to church with your daughter, you felt lovely and, and amazing. And, and ladies, that's, that's the thing. God created us for community. Yes, yes. To be around other women, other believers, to, to be able to speak together. Um, there's a scripture about, of course, my mind goes blank. Anyhow, we're supposed to get together, have coffee, have breakfast, chat, you know, share our struggles from the week or share what we got going on next week or whatever, just so that we can have someone to talk to. Whenever you know, two are stronger together than one by themselves. Right. when you're by yourself, that's when the enemy wants to come in and just hover over you and feed your lies and feed your nonsense and just whisper in your ear, you're not good enough, you're never gonna measure up, you're never gonna be in a body, you're blah, 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 blah. All the crap that he throws in our ears, right? right. So when, when you're feeling that way, hold those thoughts captive. And ask yourself, is this what God would say to me? Right. And if right. It not, if it's not, throw it in the throw, trash. Throw you want it in the trash because mm-hmm. you cannot hold on to that. That's not going to take you anywhere. That's going to keep you stuck. It's going to keep you in the box. It's going to keep you. I want to run in that cycle for the enemy to just to come in and feed on you, basically. Mm-hmm. So, um, Ms. Deborah also mentioned about that scripture that she read earlier. Um, that she kept something that was kind of key was take that script take a scripture or the scripture that god is speaking to you and apply it how she was saying that um there was one scripture that i forgot to write that one down about he loved you um no no, no which one's it
1: <sighs> second
0: timothy 1 7. yeah about fear yes he did not give us a spirit of fear so she took that and she applied it so she's got power She's got self-control, right? So mm-hmm. she's applying that to her life. So we have these scriptures. Start applying them to your life. They're not just empty words, trust me. Maybe when you read them at first, it might sound like empty words. But when you start applying that, like putting your name in front of something, or you know, God says this to, to Deborah, or God says this to Crystal, or Kami, or whatever your name might be, He's put, put your name into there. And start applying those scriptures to your life, and you'll be amazed at how things can start shifting, how your mind can start shifting, how God can just come in and just transform you. And just listening to Miss Deborah here, she's just got a spirit of just, it's like a flower just blooming. And she's got flowers on right now, right?
1: And I love flowers. I like it.
0: I like it. It's like walking through a garden, and you've got this peace and serenity all around you. And you're just looking around, and it's like beauty here, beauty there. And that's yeah. just the Miss of It's just beauty, serenity, and calmness all around her. You can hear it in her voice. Yes. So, um, when you mentioned, or did you want to say something? I'm sorry.
1: I was just going to share that the scripture in Psalms talks about us being fearfully and wonderfully made so it's about his creation of not just the world but of you as an individual he thought about you long before he ever created the world you were in his thoughts he had a plan for good he wrote a book about you and about your life And he wants you to discover the path of excellence, the path of
0: healing for you. He sure does. He really, really, really does. Um, And when you mentioned about the one person that gave you a hug and they said that you smell like the Holy Spirit, instead of just to describe about nature or you were smelling nature and just you go outside you hear the birds you see the flowers like you started your eyes were opened of times we walk through life and we walk outside and we miss the clouds we miss the flowers we miss the trees we miss god pursuing us yes when, we, when she talks about that that is god pursuing us like let me start to slow down and look around, there is beauty in every moment. You can yes. look at the grass and there's beauty in it. It's green. It grows out of the dirt. It becomes something that's, that was nothing at one point in time. Yes. grass blooms, right? It grows and we got to cut it. <laughs> but it's still, there's still beauty in there if, yes. you, if you decide to, to look, decide, decide to see it. Yeah. Um, Trying to think of some other little nuggets that you were sharing with us. Um, Ms. Deborah talked about shame, how she felt shame, shameful and ashamed by all the things that happened to her. And, guys, that is from the enemy. When we start to feel shame and condemnation, that is not from Jesus. He doesn't give us that. He doesn't, if you think about the story in the Bible, if you don't know, i will have to find the scripture for it and, and share it with you. But there was this woman, Jesus and the disciples have been out ministering and teaching, and they came, and they were supposed to take a break. But Jesus goes on to the well, and he's, he finds a woman there. Like She's there, he's there, I think she's a Samaritan, and uh, he starts to have a conversation with her. And he, he already knows what she's doing. She's um, committing adultery, right? Am I, am I right on that one? Yes. Okay. Yes. And he says, the man that you are with is not your husband. Like, he didn't say, oh, my gosh, you're a horrible because you're doing X, Y, and Z. How dare you come over here and sit with me and have drink from this water that I'm drinking from? No, he didn't say that. He called out the sin, just kind of calmly, and it kind of tells her, basically, like, you loved, but kind of go away from that. Like, go live your life and do something, do the right thing. Don't keep going back to that lifestyle. And then from that moment, she felt that conviction, conviction and condemnation, and not the same thing. She felt conviction in her heart to go do the right thing, to stop doing the bad thing, stop doing the wrong thing. Yeah.
1: She became the evangelist for that whole town.
0: Yes, absolutely. Because <laughs> she goes back and she's like, oh, y'all, y'all. I mean, of course, she wasn't talking like me, but I was like the throw it in a little bit, like, hey, guys, <laughs> y'all would not believe what just happened to me. You have got to know about this guy named Jesus. Like, he is amazing. Like, whoo, now you got to go experience him, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So she went to do it in the town that she was from. Yes. Awesome. So this, this is really good, Ms Deborah, and I thank you so much for, for being willing to jump on with me and share, because the women around us need to hear need to hear, that, need to hear the truth. Yes. The, and I always said, as Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. Yes. In him there is life. There is, he is life-giving. He doesn't take our life away. He wants us to to live in abundance and to live in freedom and to live with joy and peace and calmness around us. Mm -hmm. So I hope you find some encouragement, some hope, some some truth in our words today so that you can begin to step out of whatever that you may be battling, whatever you're struggling with, and and just surrender it to God. Lord, take this. Come in and heal me. And he will. And like I always say, the journey, whenever you say, I am willing to do whatever you're asking me to do, the moment you step into that won't always be easy. Because there's a journey that we have to go through to undo all the lies that we believed, all the things that we've kind of put up on ourselves and the enemy just kind of poured into us. We've got to undo all that. And to undo all that, it's kind of like pruning a rose, a rose bush, like you gotta cut that stuff off. And it's not it's not always fun. <laughs> I'm sure Miss Deborah can attest to that. It's not fun going through going through that valley. But once we get through and get to the other side, like there is so much freedom. And there's freedom in the valley too, and there's beauty in the journey. Mm-hmm. And I want you guys to just be so encouraged that it is yours too. The victory is yours as well. The the freedom is yours. Jesus sat on the cross so that we could have life. Miss Deborah, if there is a woman listening today, and she is just feeling so much shame because the enemy is just beating her and her like just eating her down left and right with lies on top of lies. Like like you said, you felt like two people, or you felt, you know, abandoned and like you didn't measure up and that you didn't fit in anywhere and you just felt just alone basically. Um, like you didn't matter. And I know you use some other words to describe that. If you if there's a woman listening today that's just feeling so much of that over anything else, what what's one thing that you can say to her to begin to to shed light on that, like to to come up the darkness and to rock and to begin rocking and the freedom that's already hers?
1: Yeah. Well, one thing I think I would um, throw myself into the Word. I think it took me a while because of the shame to get into the Word. And especially uh, once I started reading uh, Psalms 139. But um, there are different devotions that you can uh, read as well that um, encourage um, the acceptance of God's love for you. And as you pour out your heart to the Lord, he already knows all of your pain, all of your struggle, your brokenness, but you need to tell him about it. You need to say, Lord, I went through this or that, and let him come and touch those areas and uh, heal you. And find a local body. Find a woman's Bible study. Um, look it up online. And let other women love you. Let women love you to help. That's my most favorite thing. And people say it you're always happy, you're always smiling, you give such good hugs. And you know why? Because of where I came from, I can now freely give because God freely gave, And that's my desire that nobody ever leave me worse than I found them. My goal is to make everybody leave me better I always want them to be better, to feel loved, to feel accepted, to hear the word of God spoken to them, spoken over them. Read your word out loud and speak his love. Google scriptures on love and read them over yourself again and again and again until your spirit begins to soar and say he really does love me because he does and he wants you to know it. That's beautiful.
0: It's beautiful. And you said, you know, one key thing, let other women love you. And women, ladies, we know how true this can be. Some women, don't know how to love well. But don't let something that happened in the past or another woman hurt you or another woman said some things about you, don't let those words dictate your future. So many of us, so many people are operating still out of the brokenness and the trauma that they felt in their own life. Mm-hmm. So the words that come out of their mouth is words of brokenness and trauma that is still in their heart. So if we can just forgive them and realize, okay, well, that's not my tribe just yet. Let me go find somebody else. I've <laughs> got some wonderful women for you. I promise you. Like When you're not even thinking about them, you would just drop them in your lap. And you're like, who is this? I don't know her. Okay. But be willing whenever those women like, get dropped to pick them up. <laughs> you know? When, when you yeah. drop a woman in your life, go call her. Yeah. Go have coffee with her. Even if it makes you nervous, even if you're shaking and you're not like a people person, so you say, um, or you might think to yourself, my daughter has this thing and I try to make her stop. She's like, it's too people outside. I'm like, no. <laughs> God created you for community, honey. You're going to dive into the community. You're not going to be like backing off from the people. We're going to dive in with the people, okay? And so, um, yeah, just, just let other women love you. And they, they want to, like, I, I can be awkward, trust me. Like, I can talk on camera now because of the grace of God and the things that I've walked through. I can show up because of the grace of God. But sometimes when I go to give hugs, I can step on people's toes and I can headbutt them, and it's, it's just awkward sometimes. But I don't allow that to stop me from giving love, okay? Right. So we're all different. We all have our different personalities. We all have these little quirks. But it's time for us to start embracing what makes us unique. Okay. So, oh my gosh, this is so good. Miss um, Deborah. okay, so Miss Deborah writes a lot, and she writes daily. She has these little nuggets called love letters, and they're so beautiful. And I hope one day that she'll turn them into a book, because they're oh, also... Yeah. I'm working on it. Awesome. So, Ms. Deborah, can you share um, your Instagram handle or if you have a website or if you have, um, like, your name on Facebook or whatever, anything that women can get in touch with you if they want to hear anything more for you to encourage them? Because she's an encourager too.
1: Yes. So, um, my Instagram is warrior underscore Deborah. D-E-B-R-A and I have started the last few days putting my love letter on Instagram so yeah so (laughs) I post my love letter on Facebook and it's Deborah Dolce D-O-L-C-E and there's a picture of me uh, I took a selfie in May with my birthday picture with flowers in my my longer hair, (laughs) and I post my love letter every day on uh, Facebook, and every Friday at uh, 1 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time, California time, I do a live prayer. And we go on and I ask different people sometimes um, to come on with me. A lot of times it's me and I share a little bit in the beginning. And then I pray for the needs that people send to me. On Thursday, I always post um, tomorrow's prayer. Do you have needs? And people send me different requests in different forms. And then those are the things that we pray on. And uh, I feel like the Lord gives me either a scripture or something to talk about each week. And uh, they are saved and on my Facebook. So you can always go back and watch them. And my goal is to begin uh, doing live on Instagram and to make a YouTube channel. So those are the directions that I'm moving right now. So um, God is faithful in that.
0: (laughs) Yes, and I love that so much. It's so, and I said, this is funny, after you said that you started posting your love letters on Instagram. I had a vision early before we got on, and it was like, I wonder if Ms. Deborah has started posting her love letters on Instagram. And I was going to ask you, like, privately. If you um, had started doing that, maybe that's something that you should think about. That is awesome. Confirmation. Yes. Uh, confirmation. That's awesome. <laughs> yes. yes.
1: So it's always with a picture on Instagram because you can't just post the letter. That's on true. Facebook, it's just the letter but on Instagram, there's a pretty scenery or something and um, then I post a love letter on that.
0: I love it. So well, thank much for joining me thank you you're welcome um i think that's a wrap guys um thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the blessed brokenness podcast and i can't wait to talk to you next time i really hope that you enjoyed this episode and that it blesses you as much as it blessed me Remember, sisters. Remember all of the beautiful things that Miss Deborah talked about, you know, as far as writing scripture down and applying it to your life and just getting devotions to read to help you along the way. I started my journey not reading the Bible, but reading devotions, daily devotions, so that I could, like, kind of understand how to even apply scripture to my life or what that looked like or just allowing God to use other people to speak to me and it worked beautifully and it led me to the Bible and it led me deeper into relationship with him and it led me to my freedom you guys have a wonderful wonderful week and I'll chat to you next time